You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at one of us net at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Do you love sci-fi, horror, and fantasy films? Then grab a badge for Otherworlds Film Festival, the country's premier sci-fi film festival. There will be Q&As, panels, parties, and mixers. Rub elbows with up-and-coming and established filmmakers, as well as like-minded filmgoers. Come celebrate our seventh year, December 3rd through 6th, at the Galaxy Highland in Austin, Texas. Badges are now for sale at otherworldsfilmfest.com. That's otherworldsfilmfest.com. Artemis foul. More like Artemis, this shit put me in a foul ass mood because this is some hot garbage. Oh my God. I feel like we're all just going to get into this. So let me just get this out of the way really quickly. This is a review for Artemis foul based on the incredibly popular children's book series. I think there's like eight books. They're all written by this Irish author, Owen Colfer. I think this is one of those books that like, it wasn't bigger than Harry Potter, but it was definitely like up there in terms of just like the popularity of kids books so i just want to introduce the cast with me who's here uh it's your boy shack i haven't been here in a minute so yeah it's my glorious return to the screen squad and alongside i got brad over here hello i got doggett doggett and i got nathan Woo! hey guys so just to kind of summarize what this movie's about really quick uh it's about this kid artemis fowl or artemis fowl jr actually who's a 12-year-old, pretty much super genius. And he finds out that his father, uh, played by Colin Farrell, he is like the latest in the long line of just criminal masterminds who just been secretly stealing shit and also protecting the world from like this evil magical force because fantasy creatures are real, like fairies, goblins, all that stuff that he's like learned about from his dad. All that is real. And his dad is kidnapped. The person who kidnapped him is like the only way you could save your father is if you get this magical artifact called the Aculos, which is a magical weapon which can essentially destroy the world. Like this shit, like I'm summarizing this. This is basically just every single YA story you've ever heard in your life. I should also mention that this is directed by Kenneth Branagh, who's mainly known for Shakespearean things, but he's also done a lot of blockbuster stuff, at least lately. So he's done the the first Thor movie. He's done the last Jack Ryan movie with uh, Chris Pine, which is kind of which whatever. nobody can remember. No one remembers that shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did um, uh, Murder on the Orient Express most recently. First off, I haven't read any of the books. I don't think any of you guys have either, right? I've read them. Doggett has. I haven't read any of them. Those were the ones that I sort of glanced at at the Scholastic Book Fair. Okay, okay, same. Like... <laughs> there were three series that everyone was talking about, at least in terms of books, when I was like a kid. It was Harry Potter, it was The Golden Compass, at least that first one, and then Artemis Fowl. Where's the Aragon love? It, it was like Aragon was later on, but Aragon, who, that's 
another one of those. I think this is very <laughs> close to Aragon. Less Harry Potter. Say what you will, guys. Artemis Fowl is no liar. He said he's going to pull off a heist. He is very successful at it. He has stolen 5,400 of my seconds that I will never get back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This thing costs $125 million. This Somebody was- pocketed that shit. <laughs> like this was gonna be a big release for disney in the summer but uh this had gotten delayed a couple times but then because of covid and everything they're just like hey let's just dump it onto disney plus and you could tell there's a reason why they dumped it this is such garbage i'm willing to bet that 70 million of those dollars were for reshoots because all those scenes with josh gad and black and white (laughs) and the amount of everybody's mouths moving but the lines being different. It's like all ADR and reshoots. Oh, I'll get to Josh Gad in a minute. Um, I should, uh, yeah, let me, I'll just list off. You mean the tallest dwarf? The tallest dwarf is just a man. That's just a regular sized human. That's his arc, I guess. With some Beetlejuice map effects. Yeah. Mulch diggums. Just to like round off a little bit of the cast that I didn't, I hadn't mentioned yet. Judy Dench. Poor old Judy Dench, like this and cats. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Judy Dench as McGruff the crime dog. Yeah, yeah, okay, this whole story takes place in Ireland. She leads like this magical force of fairies called Leprechaun. Uh, and she, yeah, she plays it like the stereotypical police chief in every detective story ever. And yeah, <laughs> that whole scene when she comes to the house, like to Artemis Fowl's house, and all she does is just growl, top of the morning. Are you serious? <laughs> this, is, this is what you could come up with? Well, her agent hasn't been on fire for a while. Like Grand Budapest, is it Grand Budapest Hotel what I'm thinking of? No, no, no. Uh, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. That's the one. Thank you. The one that my grandma uses as an excuse of like, I like ethnic people. Yeah, It's movies that are tailored, nothing but old people, and then just really shitty blockbusters. I didn't want to put the blame on Artemis himself, who's played by uh, Fergus Shaw, who I think this is like his first film role. I almost don't want to give him like too much blame because like the script is terrible, but he himself as a kid to carry this, like what is supposed to be the first installment in what was going to be like one of their big temples. This kid doesn't hold up, honestly. Well, one of my biggest issues is every scene that he's in is interrupted by Josh Gad narrating the scene that he was (laughs) in. And I'm like, bro, you're not even in this scene. It's just like, and Artemis and the man you don't refer to as the butler started to their training and fucking bullshit. The best way I could put it for what they did to this character is they did the same thing to him. Netflix did to Light Yagami in the Death Note adaptation, by which I mean, he's kind of dumb in this movie. Again, I haven't read any of the books, but from what people have told me is that, yeah, he is literally a genius and that the way that the first book essentially is, is just die hard with fairies. And that Artemis Fowl essentially is Hans Gruber. I never got that feeling here. Hmm. I just got a kid who was just a smartass, not an actual genius. He's a James Bond villain. In the books, he is, oh God, he is evil. His da- He knows his dad's a criminal and he looks up to him because of it. Okay. See, that sounds so much more interesting because in, this, in like, this movie, they play him like the most generic kind of YA hero. They hobbled the hell out of this book from what i understand any kind of interesting aspect like you mentioned with him being super evil from the get-go that would be super interesting to delve into 
but they don't do that. It's got to be sanitized for middle America. I mean, you can't have Colin Farrell have a full Irish accent. He <laughs> can't have Artemis be evil. You got to have characters shout out their feelings. Like when Holly just straight out says, not happy. <laughs> this movie is two novels grabbed into 90 minutes. Here's the other thing. The first 30 minutes of this movie never happened in the book. I mean, we don't even need a narrator for this story. I'm not sure why that's even in there. My guess is that they just couldn't stitch it together in their heads going through this. They're like, a kid's not going to be able to follow this. It's just a series of scenes, some with some cool production value. But no kid's going to be able to follow this. This kid can't act. Let's, we got Josh Gad Aww. for a couple hours. Let's just reshoot this. Honestly, I couldn't understand because they kept jumping to what seemed like two completely different movies. Because the, fir- oh, yeah. like the, no, the first movie is Artemis looking for his dad and looking for this magical artifact. And then they do jump to the whole thing with the fairies. Following Holly, like you mentioned, Holly. Um, Holly, Holly Short. That's it. That, that, it's such a forgettable name. But yeah, Holly Short, who's like young recruit, her, her father did some bad shit. And she's trying to clear her name. She's got a lot of extra baggage. And then her and Artemis have some kind of unlikely alliance. You would think that she would be a character to go like, okay, she's likable enough to where I can kind of gravitate towards her story. But no one is interesting. Like, legitimately not a single character in here is one that's like, oh, I want to find out more about them. None of them. It's very frustrating. The most disappointing part about it, the characters that live in this lore have to be just as big and charismatic as the lore. But Josh Gad just narrates their personalities. We don't actually see jack shit about any of them. There's this character, Juliet, for example, and Josh Gad gets into, ho, 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 Juliet. Yeah. Artemis' <laughs> friend is amazing and powerful and quite the fighter, and she vanishes when that sentence concludes. <laughs> she, yeah, she disappears out the movie like, oh, right, yeah, you're here. You're involved in this. <laughs> It's okay, weird. to be fair to them, to be fair to them, that's her character in the books. <laughs> really? She's not she's not really in the books very much. How about the narration for the butler character, who you'd expect to be a bigger part of it? He's like, you should never call him butler, even though he, his name is butler. But uh, you should always call him Dom or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> he is the, he is his father figure in the books. What oh, pissed really? me off the most about that is that's an easy moment to do like Goodfellas, like, oh yeah, that's Paulie two times. And then you go to, I got to go get the papers, get the papers. You know, you demonstrate that. Yeah. Instead, he just narrates that shit. And that's what definitely makes me think it's reshoots. Like, I'm sorry, this is my theory. The worst thing is, okay, I, I don't want to keep on harping on the books, but in the books, Butler has hands. He is a badass motherfucker. You don't have to narrate that he is a... What did they say? Uh, something, something, something. Also, he's a member of Gold's Gym. No, he yeah. is a badass. The monster at the end, in the books, he takes out by himself. Yeah, Nonzo Anozi plays Dom. I've seen this dude in a lot of stuff, and I like him in the brief things I'd seen him in. Like, he was in Game of Thrones. He was, like, the one black guy before Grey Worm showed up. Uh, oh, yeah, the one that gets locked in the vault. Yes. Season three spoiler, I think. Yeah. They built him up from the get-go with Josh Gad. And he doesn't do anything. Like, you would think they'd also have kind of like a Batman-Alfred type relationship with Artemis and Dom. But again, never really shown on screen. And like you mentioned, it's a 90-minute movie, so they're kind of rushing through everything. But it feels like so much happened that you'd never have any time to really 
register any of the information you're told before they set you with the next plot point or background info. They're like, I don't care. You're just inundated with the shit. It's such a weird adaptation. They fridged Artemis's mom before the movie even began. I mean, that's a Disney show, so I can't even, like, be mad at that. Can I just ask, how'd you guys feel about the villain all in black with a really evil voice? Oh, the like, villain what's... with no face? Yeah. The Power what, Rangers what... bad guy? <laughs> what's, what's going on there? Did you guys understand the motivation there? Like, what was the point of that? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Apparently, who that was, like, the actress was Hong Chao, who's from Downsizing. She was the voice of Opal, the villain. She was in the trailer, but they deleted that scene where you actually see that character. The people who just watched the movie trailer were like, why the fuck did you just have that villain? They were going to do literally nothing this entire thing. Shaq, the information you just gave me confuses me even more now. (laughs) Okay, but there was no confrontation. Like, if she's the villain... There's no real third act. Like, they never leave the fucking house. There is no third act. That is exactly <laughs> it. It's just fucking... Well, what was, oh, what was Opal's, God. the bad guy, what was the motivation there to catch Artemis? Like, why? Yeah. Like, what? Wh- what is the benefit? I don't know. And what like, does dude, the Arculus even do? Well, who exactly? doesn't want Colin Farrell chained up? Come on now. Usually, <laughs> this movie has two acts and two locations. It has either the fairy <laughs> homeworld or Artemis's house. That is it. Which goes back to why does this cost $125 million? Especially when these effects, they would look terrible in 1999 as opposed to, 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 to well, 2020. You know where the money went? The money went into the house. You saw those shots? That house was CG. Well, Kenneth Branagh didn't know what, which is confusing to me because I like the first Thor, but all the action sequences had this strange kind of disjointed blah about them. Like someone would throw a knife and the knife would miss the person they threw it at. And then we would see the knife move in slow motion. He already missed his shot. Who gives a shit where it's going now, Kenneth? What the fuck? I mean, that happens here too, where there's a one big action sequence when it's a Dom and Artemis versus all the fairies, like this big standoff moment. And they're kind of doing like a sort of like revolving tracking shot. But the frame rates are all way off. So at one point, it's like <laughs> super 10 frames per second. And then at one point, it's like 60. And then it just keeps jumping back and forth. And it doesn't even look stylistically good. It just looks like they didn't render the shit. The most disney product I've seen in such a while. While at the same time, it's also something that could only exist in Donald Trump's America. Artemis <laughs> Bow is the hero in this adaptation. <laughs> From how you describe these books, Doggett... It sounds like if the screenwriters told like a six-year-old to like describe to them what the books are about and they just started to write it down, but they were like half nodding off as they were doing it. He's just trying to steal fairy gold. That's his objective in the first book. It's, Again, it's written by an old man, like you said. Artemis is cool. Well, what do we do? What do we do? Do kids still roll the blade? No, I, I don't think they roll the blade. Maybe we should have him surfing. What, what, what's, what's surfing called? Curl the, the, the wet doodle? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really cool from like a much smaller scale, lower key type of like movie if they were to do that. But just because I guess Disney was just banking on it being like a new mega franchise like the next hunger games or the next divergent or whatever the hell yeah i wouldn't even call it the next hunger games or the next divergent this feels like they were trying to go for the harry potter 
but they, they realize like that that isn't even what we're competing with anymore like that era ended with Golden Compass, Aragon, and fucking Seeker the Dark is Rising. <laughs> oh, Ooh, oh my okay. god. Yeah, that was... This is, how I know, this is how I know New Mutants can't be that bad. Because Disney looked at this and said, oh, no, no, no. And then COVID happens, and then they're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. This is going Aww. Disney+. Plus. I think we should kind of just go to final thoughts. Brad, you could start off. This wasn't enjoyable. I love fairy lore. George MacDonald's one of my favorite authors. You know, he actually wrote a book called Fairies. My daughter, after the second act twist, I guess you could call it, where the movie just kind of yawns and says, oh, we're, we're kind of wrapping up now. She looked at me and said, that can't be it, right? And I say to her, I think that's it. And she just had this perplexed look that broke my heart like, huh. Almost like, so this this is what a bad movie experience is like. And really, <laughs> really hurt my feelings a bit there. So I'm giving this three MacGuffins in ten wall safes. Dog it. Damn, that was depressing. <laughs> Actually, no, not dog it. I'll save you for last because you're the book fan. And you're probably the angriest out of all of us. So Nathan, <laughs> your final thoughts and yeah, rating. I was about to say, please save Doggett for last. He's got to have his rant. Yeah. I don't have the familiarity with the books, but I have enough familiarity with bad movies to know that this was a foul piece of shit. Haha. <laughs> Pun. Uh, no, it's just <laughs> it's just kind of worthless. It goes on and it never fully like upset me to the level. I'm sure if I had familiarity with the books, I would be like, fuck this movie, god damn it. It didn't even feel like a real movie because it just feels like it was thrown together and just poured onto fucking celluloid. It's just a piece of shit that isn't offending me, but I know it offends other people. I think if there's anything good I can say about it is there are some instances of what could possibly be cool art design for certain things, but that's about it. And that that's like giving me, giving it like the modicum of praise. I would give it two out of 10 dirt farts. (laughs) 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 This movie's fucking worthless. I remember I said on Twitter a couple of days ago, well, not a couple of weeks ago, I was like, The Rise of Skywalker is the most soulless blockbuster I'd seen in a long time. Only to kind of realize that they would only hold that title for about six months. Because this shit is the most <laughs> worthless, soulless, the worst kind of blockbuster filmmaking that we honestly should have just excised at this point. This is just the laziest, most garbage piece of studio filmmaking I've seen in a long time. The fact that it's coming from someone who's as acclaimed as Kenneth Branagh is a fucking shock to me. I really can't find a single redeeming quality in this. The only thing I could say is that it's not as bad as worst things I've seen. But this is still probably the worst thing I'll see this year. If not, at the very least, in the bottom five. Two out of ten incredibly disturbing scenes where someone unclenches their jaw. How does this completely surprise you for Kenneth Branagh? Like, his <laughs> movies range from being kind of good to, like, decently bad. That's the thing. Like, I don't think he has egregiously awful. Like, at worst, it's, like, aggressively yeah. mediocre. Not complete and utter train wreck. Doggett, the floor is yours. Imagine for a moment there's a book series based on a child genius who through a lot of thought of his own, becomes a criminal, a, a, a villain. And we embark on an incredible like adventure in, in so many ways. And imagine a company taking this 
and taking all the character development, the interesting plot just all around, just taken out completely, the dialogue being toned down to such a stupid level, and just losing anything you loved about the property. But enough about the Netflix's Death Note. We're also, right now we're talking about Artemis Fowl, and this is a piece of shit beyond any kind of imagination. I hate this movie. I despise it so much. These actors, I feel bad for them, but they also are bad in this movie. So, you know, a little bit fuck them. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, I don't know. I like some of his movies. This is his worst movie uh, that he's ever made. And uh, fuck the Arthur for signing off on this. I'm just... It's just... It's just so many emotions right now, guys. I just watched this right now. I was so excited going to watch this. I thought I could have a good time. I had a fun time in Rise of Skywalker. I laughed my ass off throughout the entire experience. This was not as funny. This was more sad. This was worse than Avatar The Last Airbender. The the movie adaptation. Oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah, I wouldn't put it that far, but I guess I have love for Avatar. But wait, what's your what's your rating? What's your rating? Man, this gets um one out of ten missing moms. The Disney Dead Parent formula continues again. It's, it's historic <laughs> legacy, a goofy movie, and then Artemis Fowl. 